to Potadelphia. If you're listening to this, uh, you're probably aware that the Eagles blew a 17 to nothing fourth quarter lead. Uh, so we're about to we're about to break that down. Uh, my name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who uh, admittedly will uh, never be Johnny Hustle. <laughs> it's not their personalities. Oh, it's my personality. It's, it's not my skill set. Uh, this is uh, Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. Chuck Mad Dog Siders back Yee. again. All right. <laughs> and I'm Gene Zilac. And uh, you can find me testing the waters of Twitter nowadays. So... Uh, that's me at producer Gene on Twitter. Dipping the old big toe in, huh? Yeah, yeah. I like Twitter. It's not bad. I like to read Twitter. I haven't quoted yet. Oh yeah, you don't <laughs> want to get into it. It's ugly out there. It is. The... That's how you can tell you're new, Gene. You're like, I like Twitter. It's like, oh no, 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 no. You have to hate it, but still check it constantly anyway. That's when you're good at Twitter. Yeah, before we get into the Eagles, that was kind of my feeling on the 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 first the opening night of the Sixers. Like my whole Twitter feed was people being like really excited about the Sixers, and then people like just hating on each other politically. <laughs> that was my entire Twitter feed. I was like, "Yay, Sixers!" I'm like your opinion sucks. <sighs> All right, Eagles. God, you know, it's like I don't even want to break down this game. I just want to talk about my emotional state and where, like where we are. <laughs> you don't want to re- you don't want to relive the horror that was the, this afternoon. No, I mean I guess like the one play that we could really talk about is the the 4th and 10. And you know, we talk a lot about uh R- Rocky 3 and how this is our personality and we've taken these shots now against um I don't know, younger, scrappier teams that want it more or whatever. And then we need to rediscover our, I don't know, tenacity and get back to the top. But, you know, when I was watching this game and I was thinking about that because you dropped it in the text, Gene, I I was thinking, man, are we Rocky or are we just Buster Douglas? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like we're Rocky and then we lost to Clubber Lang, still didn't learn our lesson. And now we're losing to like Murdoch from the (laughs) A-team. You know, it's uh God, it was Who's the guy who's the guy he fought at the beginning? Is it Spider Rico? Spider Rico. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're losing to Spider Rico at this. Well, I mean that Spider Rico's gotta be the Giants, right? Yeah, Spider Rico's the Giants. Take care yeah. of Spider Rico at this point. You can always but... handle Spider Rico. No, but I mean like everyone was all not everyone was all, but everyone was feeling good after that Giants game and that's well, it's just been good after the first three quarters of this game, but I don't like. I f- I feel like I'm in. I'm, I'm at this point where I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, "Are we that good? Is is it over? New norm. This is the new norm, guys. Doug Doug Peterson's new norm. What we didn't know is that what he meant is this is the new fat guy at the bar that you know his name. Like that's <laughs> that's what they meant by the new norm, not normal. New norm. Listen, I don't want any references that evoke Boston to me <laughs> during this podcast. <laughs> well, he's from Chicago. George Wenton is from Chicago. So does that make it any better? I don't know. 
I, I don't. The question is, you whether we're any good. I mean, we won the Super Bowl last season and looked like we were going to win the Super Bowl from the middle of the season on. And Wentz is, I don't know what it is after the end of the game, but you know, up until midway through the fourth quarter, they were talking about his numbers for this season being so much better than even last season. Well, this is the point that I want to make with this. The team is relatively the same. And in fact, I would argue uh, we are in a better place uh, injury-wise this year than than we were last year when we won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, we still have Wentz. We still have Peters, sort of. We still have uh, Jordan Hicks. Um, yeah, I mean, the running back, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad situation. But I, I feel like we're in a better position now than we were last year. And the difference is Reich is gone. Filippo is gone and I'm starting to wonder if Doug is a good head coach again or not and is that fair I think that Doug is a good head coach I think what has happened is that a lot of these other teams and coaches are now they've caught up before Doug has evolved um, you'll see moments and you saw moments today when 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 Doug's being Doug where you're, you're it's all there uh, the problem is when the rest of the, the and this is the nature of the nfl the it's a fast turnover you don't get to be the smartest guy in the room for very long if you don't push to the next thing if you're not looking ahead real quick you're gonna get dusted you can't sit and not be innovating and i think that doug thought that he was still way ahead of the curve and didn't realize that like he had basically laid out the new blueprint look at all of the other teams that play so much strategically the way that we played last year that is that's what i think they meant by really like the new normal is that like we're gonna see the nfl the game itself is going to be a lot more uh calculated risks and that's what set Doug above everybody else last year is that he was willing to take these chances that seemed crazy well now it doesn't seem crazy uh we're getting beat by teams that are converting fourth and long that's happened twice this year in huge spots the book before last year a lot of those teams aren't even going to send the offense out on the field in some of those cases but that's the template that we've laid down so I I don't think that Doug's a bad coach I just think that Doug needs to figure out you know is do you go back the other direction do you play more traditional um, that could involve running the ball more. I don't know. Uh, but I don't think that Doug's a bad coach. I don't think I would throw out everything that he accomplished last year. I think he is still a good play-calling coach, too. I think that he played a, called a pretty good game. A lot of people were saying after today's game, oh, it was horrible play-calling. I think he played called a pretty good game for three quarters. I think that something snapped or something fell apart in the fourth quarter, and it fell apart across the entire board. All three phases had knocks today, so... Yeah, uh, the go ahead, Chuck. What I was going to say is, you know, like judging Doug as a coach or, you know, our overall ability, like th- this game and the Titans game, those could have been two easy wins. Now, they weren't, but I'm saying, like, last season, we win these games. 
And now all of a sudden, instead of three and four, we're five and two. Now, the second game of the season uh, where Foles, you know, nearly mounted the miracle comeback. If he does that, now we're, you know, six and ones and six and one. And yeah, that's a lot of hypotheticals, but it's a lot of bad bounces. And, you know, this could just be a lost season. And then we reevaluate. I'm not prepared to write the season off yet. But I'm not prepared to write Doug off as a bad coach. I think, you know, we have a couple things that could have gone either way. Uh, breaks we were getting last year, we're not getting this year. I, I, I'm not prepared to write them off yet. Okay, let's talk. Well, all right. I, I hear what you guys are saying. Let's talk about some of Doug's decisions in the fourth quarter because after we scored – our touchdown, uh, Carolina scored their first touchdown. It made it uh, 17 to 6. Our next possession, uh, Wentz pass, Wentz pass, Wentz pass, Wentz pass, Wentz sacked, Wentz pass, punt. That's not balance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. So then. Then Carolina gets the ball back and scores a touchdown. And now it's 17 to 14. We get the ball. Wentz pass. Wentz pass. Wentz pass. Punt. Well, I believe when you have the lead and it's the fourth quarter, you want to leave as much time on the clock as possible, right? No, I mean, seriously, what? what I mean, what is this? It's it was bad play calling like that that sequence it's it's like he forgot how he's won games in the past. Think back to the other games this year that we have closed out. We went on these epic nine minute plus drives, and I don't know if that he was looking to try and jumpstart and get into some sort of a rhythm, and and that's why he kept trying to to jump a, a big chunk of yards where he felt like he could then just roll on that defensive line it felt to me like we didn't have a lot of problems running on this team I didn't there were some spots where they would get penetration and, and tie up a running backs maybe Doug was worried about trying to give it up too fast but what do they say there's only one good thing that can happen when you throw the ball and two bad things <laughs> right so right you know I it, mean it doesn't make a, lo a lot of sense in the position that we were in that we weren't trying to at least grind off three minutes if we're going to go three and out. Uh, yeah, I mean, the running game was not super effective today. This isn't one of those weeks where I sit here and go, well, you know, Smallwood's averaging, you know, five yards a carry because he wasn't. I mean, although he was the most, well, actually, Josh Adams was sort of effective today. Yeah, Josh Adams, especially like when you got him in, into like inside the 20 and stuff, looked like he was getting some tough yards. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, we were averaging a little over two yards a carry. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, but I, I just think you got to stick with it. And <laughs> we should have taken a lot more time off the clock do you, in, in do that you, fourth quarter. Do you think did. any of this is Wentz? Do you think that he's calling some of these things at the line? No, I, actually, I think – if he didn't change plays, it would have been more out of balance because I think he audibles into running plays. Oh, I, yeah, maybe he does. I think that maybe you're right. 
I think you you can probably see that he he's probably picking up that there's some holes places and maybe he's he's you know going with the run option and the run pass option situations. When he's when he's either Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I still wanted to see what that Hulk Hogan play was. <laughs> now, but speaking of Wentz, uh, and, and I don't know if it's the plays being drawn up or his you know looking for receivers down the field, but. Uh, again, go back in that fourth quarter. It seems like he was going for the the home run ball a lot. You know, we had a, uh, a few deep balls to start it, but you know, a first down works just as well when you have the lead and are are trying to, you know, kill the clock. Do you think he's like to to use a baseball analogy? Do you think he's squeezing the ball too tight? They'll say that with pitchers sometimes, where you know you'll get these these. Guys that they can't find the strike zone, you'll hear announcers go, oh, he's squeezing the ball too tight. Do you think he's he's trying too hard? Do you think he was trying to do some things in this fourth quarter that, you know, he probably wasn't ready to, to – ready's not the right word, but it felt like he was trying to come in there and, and manifest John Elway, and really he just needed to not turn the ball over and just get the ball down the field. He needed to be Alex Smith, not John Elway. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he put himself in a great position when, you know, we're trying to engineer this comeback. Uh, we get the long pass to, to Alshon that was a, a pass interference penalty. Uh, which which is a good penalty. Like it was actually a good penalty for, for Carolina because otherwise Alshon catches the ball and he's gone. So Yeah, it was no doubt about it. It was completely intentional. You know, there's – he got beat, whatever. It, it is – so anyway, we're in great position. Now I'm feeling really good. Um, with almost then, two minutes, then, what's that? We had almost two minutes there too. We were we were on the on the good side of a minute forty there. Yeah, with I think two timeouts. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he sails this ball that was I guess supposed to be to Ertz. I have it, it there was nobody <laughs> even in the neighborhood. So I don't know when you talk about squeezing or whatever or putting too much pressure on yourself with something. I, I think there that's a great example. Yeah, and the um, and the you know strip sack uh, to turn the ball over to end the game, too. Like both those times, it's like uh, maybe the decision making could have been better. Well, third and two uh, on that drive, I'm expecting with two plays left, we're going to be able to pick up that first down. Yeah. Why? Why do we not run the ball on third down there? We we have the timeouts. We have time. We need the fir- we need the set of downs more than we need the touchdown there. I don't understand why we don't try and grind that out. Why we take a shot at the end zone there into double coverage. Yeah, or some some sort of quick slant. Yeah, or some sort of check down or something. Yeah, and, and when I say quick slant, not the terrible show that was on NBC Sports Philadelphia. It seemed like Wentz only had eyes for two things on that drive. He was either going to look at Alshon or he was going to look at Ertz. Like there was, it was like there was no other options you know, on the field. I'm just, I'm just vexed. I, I look, I put this all on Doug. Uh, you got, and, and you got to score. I mean, this is 2018. You have to be able to score more than 17 points in a, in a, a, a offensive friendly league. I, it's, it's just completely engineered for you to score points, and we cannot muster over 20 points a game. It's, it's absurd. And we have 
very talented players. Like, Alshon Jeffrey looked like a world beater today, and he's looked like a world beater for like three weeks. He's he's looked to me as good as any of the that style of receiver has looked anybody else in the league. There, you know, he's the big body go up for contested catches guy. Do you and think Ertz, that Ertz and Goddard look great too? Ertz might be having the best season a tight end has ever had. So there are options, there are weapons in this offense, and Carson Wentz is a really good quarterback most of the time. I have no idea what happened to him today. And he's my he's unabashedly my favorite player on the team. Like I I am an apologist. I will make excuses for but I can't. I can't excuse what happened today. Like and I bet you if you were to talk to him, he's gonna say that he needs to do a better job to quote Andy Reid. But but well, I I just I just much? didn't see it today. I, I well, mean we we've talked about Doug, we've talked about the offense, but how do you want to talk about Jim Schwartz in the defense? You know, because come fourth quarter we couldn't stop a damn thing. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I, I guess they went into some sort of prevent defense, maybe. Yeah, it. it I don't know. No, I'm not good enough at reading defenses to to tell you, but it certainly seemed like they were giving up the middle of the field. It's sort of like, oh yeah, we want you to kill the clock or whatever. But anytime they need a big conversion, you know, somebody's wide open right in the middle of the field. Yeah, and I, what, I don't know where Darby was on that one. And I don't know the, if it was the a go-ahead touchdown. I don't know if it's a matter of like our depth in the secondary is so depleted right now and that we are so at the mercy of whether or not the pressure that we put from the front four gets there or not. Because that fourth and ten, again, we get into this problem where we've got a Mariota-type quarterback, a, Car- a uh, Cam Newton-type quarterback. There are so many quarterbacks that cannot make that play. That Cam Newton made on fourth ten, fourth and ten today. There's just yeah, but they're not all going to be Eli's. I mean, no, and that's the thing. Can we only defeat statues? You know what I mean? Is that the thing? Anytime a quarterback can move a little bit, like forget about it. Our 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 only hope is that the quarterback is just going to stand there and and not not move. Um, you know, the other thing is Cam Newton's also like 200 pounds. Like he's not somebody that you can you can just kind of knock over. Like you've got to hit him. Um, but the the secondary seemed like they were absent on that that play. Like, there's no reason why somebody beyond the sticks should be that open. He the play had to develop quick because there was pressure. They almost got to him. Yeah. Cam Newton had to jump, and that was an all arm throw. There was very little on it. Like, if there is any defender in the neighborhood, he should have been able to make a play on the ball. But there was nobody there. Yeah, what's concerning to me is these fourth and longs that people are converting to, on us. The it's not the receiver doesn't have a defender draped on him and make some sort of acrobatic catch. The guys are wide open. They're wide open. They're wide open. There is no reason why there should be a wide. There's only going to be two or three of them out there. There's no reason why there shouldn't be somebody in the neighborhood. Like I'd rather just get beat on a blitz. I'd rather just go for it and and get beat. Right. This this. This sort of passive, sit back, let these guys find seams in our in our zone, and 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 just just pick us apart like that. Any NFL quarterback, if you give them enough time, is going to find these guys. Right. Right. And can I we talk like about we did... Doug's. Can we talk about Doug's comments after the game? I didn't hear Doug's comments after the game. I, this, I I mean, I this shit out. had me. This this shit had me going through the roof. So Doug said, "Chuck, did you see it?" I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, Doug says, "Well." Yeah, I guess 
Well, I guess no one believes in us anymore, so the pressure's off. We're just going to go out there and have fun now. What? <laughs> I mean, Chuck, did I encapsulate that pretty much? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's trying to recapture that underdog role of, like, well, you know, we're, you know, nobody's expecting too much from us or something like that. Now, what happened yeah, to embrace the target? Yeah. <laughs> Stop trying to ma- manufacture that you're the underdog. Or how about you, you just execute? Like, just play well. Like, but what don't... do you mean there's no pressure anymore? There should be pl- pressure for 16 weeks in the NFL. Every, every week should pressure. be pressure. Yeah. You got a losing record. You're the Super Bowl champions. You have a losing record. The Washington it's Redskins are leading your division. This division's terrible. You're going to finish behind it's Dallas. Dallas. What? They might finish behind Dallas if they don't get their act together. Ugh. I, You're the I don't third think best that... team in the division right now. Are we really? Statistically, are we really? I, are we really? If you, were, if you were to ask a Dallas fan, do you feel like they, they think that they have a better shot to win this division than the Eagles do? If what you were you to think? ask a Dallas fan, they're already planning the Super Bowl parade. <laughs> if you were to ask a Giant fan... Who, who's more likely to win this division right now, the the Cowboys or the Eagles? Who do you think they'd say? They'd probably say the Cowboys. Yeah, yes, and so. it's clear that the Redskins are the best team in this division right now, and I cannot accept this. No, it's it's irritating. No, we talked way too much smack to end up back in third. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of talking smack, what are we out there doing dancing uh, in the third quarter before a kickoff? Yeah, that's not – that's always going to bite you in the butt every single time you're dancing before a kickoff. I mean, these guys, they're professionals on the other side. Yeah. That's not, I think they're going to respond to that. That's not a bad team. Like that's a well-coached team. That's very division. And it's a lot of the same players that were, it played in the super bowl themselves. Yeah. And that had a better record than us at the start of the day. You know, they had the same amount of wins, just one fewer loss. And we talked about Cam Newton a few times, but he's a legitimately great quarterback. He's got an MVP. Yeah. Like, so it's it's not something where we should have come in expecting to trounce him. I have no words. I'm, I'm just, I'm still stunned. Is Jacksonville a must win now? What, how many, what are we, three and four now? Yeah. yeah. And next week we're in seven London. and nine. You have yeah. to go seven and two the rest of the way. Yep, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, because you still got to play the Rams in L.A. That's an easy loss in New Orleans. Oh, great! That's great. And two weeks ago, we're we're pontificating about how great it is. We, you know, we're going to get six wins in the division. Yeah, I don't. We'll be lucky if we split against these teams. Yeah, so, what last... are we looking at now? What are our expectations now moving forward? Well, I don't think uh, that the wild card's coming out of the division either. So I feel like we still have to win the division. And, and I feel like you need to get to 10 wins. So you you think we're going to go 7-2? and two? I think we're 8-8 eight and eight now. That's what I think we are. I think we're a 500 team. Uh, I think we're right around 8-8 eight and eight as well. Maybe one game better, one game worse. Uh, I think... The only shot the Eagles have is for uh, the Redskins just to fall apart. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I still have a little faith that they can do something that they can go on a little bit of a run, but not a dominant one. You know, I think they can go out and, and play well enough, maybe get us to nine and seven with some dumb luck, 10 and six, but I really doubt that. I think, yeah, like Gene said, I think we're at this point at eight and eight team. Well, let's let's go through because there's not there's not many games left here. So, do you think we'll win the Jaguars game in London? I, I think, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think uh, Jacksonville looks like they're even more lost than we are. So, I feel like I feel like we can pull that out, and I feel like we're going to be if we if there's got any spine in this team left, this is where they're gonna they're gonna show it. Um. All right. Just so outside of the division, there's that. There's we're at the Saints. We gotta we gotta assume that's a loss at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. We're at the Rams. We have to assume that's a loss at this point, right? Right. The Texans uh, come for our Christmas game on December twenty third. That could be a win. Yeah, it's a winnable game. Is we it win for Jesus? <laughs> oh, okay. It was the Christmas thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he said Christmas a moment ago. I'm like, we can win it for Jesus. It's like, whoa, Chuck's all proselytizing. <laughs> all right. Well, if that happens, then we have to sweep the division. So if we sweep the division and beat Houston and Jacksonville, uh, I think we're, we're a 10 win team. Yes. That's, that's all we have left outside of the division is Houston Jacksonville, yeah, Los Angeles, and New it's Orleans. It's the Jags, then our bye, then it's Dallas, Saints, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys, Rams, Texans, Redskins. Like there's a there's that three week run in the division. That's where you got to get fat. Yeah, but I just don't. I don't see I don't it beating the Redskins twice. Do you think we we win at home and lose there? Right, that's how that's going to work out. Probably the other way around, <laughs> just because, just because the, nothing makes sense anymore. So how do we do in Philadelphia this week? I feel like I did okay. Well, Chuck won the Eagles game. Yep. Boo. Yeah, I went two and zero. Oh. Yeah, Chuck went two and zero. Gene, you went one and one. My yeah. game, I took the Monday night game, of oh, course, so like a dope. Still pending. Yeah, because I'm always going after giant opponents. Yeah, that's a good plan, though. <laughs> I feel like we rotate that, though. Didn't you do that last week, Gene? I think I went after the Giants last week. Yeah. Well, we all did, right? Because they played us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all picked on the Giants last week. Oh, my God. Smartly Let's for talk. us. <laughs> I think we need to talk about something other than football. I think it's really hurt our brains. Yes. <laughs> Let's all right. Well, let's let's take a break from the anger for a little while and talk about why the Flyers' defense is shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's take a break from the anger and let's talk about the Flyers. Uh, it's not the defense that is shit. Is the team it's the goaltending? It's the no, goal it's the team defense. Shit. No, well, Pickard is shit. Um, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot has been playing very well for Brian Elliott. And that sounds like a backhanded compliment, and it kind of is, but he's been playing very well. He did he's... start the Panthers game, right? Um, Yes, he did. 
And he didn't finish the Panthers game, right? No, he did not. <laughs> He's playing great, Chuck. I didn't say great. I said very well for him. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that means. It means not He's... good for the rest of the league. He's playing great for Dave DiOrio in goal. <laughs> He's playing fine. He is playing fine. Um, these high-scoring games that you know where we're letting up a lot of goals, it's not on the goalie. It is on the defense. It is on the team defense. So and it's forwards not getting back. It, it's or not he, being defensive minded enough. It, it's not. It, it's bad giveaways. It's a lot of bad giveaways. It's making dumb decisions in the neutral zone, and all of a sudden, it's a breakaway. You know, it's three on two. It's two on one. It's you know one on nothing. It's just the transition game of getting it out of our own zone and preventing them from having these strong break-ins from their zone has been bad. Now, um, we should play all of our games on Saturday. We should play all of them on Saturday because this Devils game and before that, the Vegas game were really good. They were really good team defense um saturday afternoon that's where we make it happen <laughs> which is a change i feel like we've always lost those games in the past and even in this example we lost one of those games but it the the it's not time to freak out and write off the season for the flyers but there are some things to be concerned about well what are we four and four right now yep four and four okay yeah I, i'm I'm okay with that. You, If you told me Patrick and JVR and Neuvert were injured, I would have bet on Neuvert being injured. But if you told me the three of those were injured and we went four and four, I probably would have been okay with that. But the the Patrick injury and the JVR injury hasn't really hurt us too bad. It's things that are just present all along. Well, it's just the one game. I feel like it's that one game, that one, that second night's game, that that's the game that I was like, well, we should have won this game, but we didn't. We haven't had any games. The Panthers game was almost the game where <laughs> we totally gave it away, but I haven't yeah. felt the total heartbreak, like collapse game happen. No. I, so like I, all the losses I've been like, okay, we lost. But I haven't walked away devastated. Man, that's a good point. That's a good point. The I, I know a lot of people were frustrated with the Vegas game. That one was just like, eh, what the hell are you gonna do? Yeah, Sharks um, game, we weren't in it for a minute. Nope. The, uh, uh, the Blue Jackets game that just ran away. Eh, the Blue Jackets probably was the most frustrating, I'd say. And yeah, that I was, mean, we were in that game for a long time. We but really we were, weren't. And and turnovers really got us there and uh, that was one of those games where Provorov really struggled. What's wrong with him? Uh, sophomore slump, one year removed. I, I think the, the main thing I see in him is he is second-guessing himself. And his rookie season, he didn't play like a 19-year-old. He... He he took smart chances. He engaged in the play. He didn't just fall back and, you know, wait to the last moment to make a decision. And in one of the goals in the, the CBJ game, 
he uh, it was a Giroux giveaway and there's Provorov between like two guys but it was still in the neutral zone and he just fell back he didn't he didn't pinch he didn't try to break it up early and he just fell back and they scored and that that's a big difference like you hear so many people bitch and moan about Andrew McDonald who is injured but Here's so many people complain about him. The thing they complain about is he gives he gives up the zone. He just follows you back to the net, tries to be a bit of an obstacle until the last possible moment to make a decision, and then he normally bails Makes out. The he tries to block a shot. Uh, Is that going to be the new thing now? It's like everyone can't stand Andrew McDonald, but now that he's hurt, we're all mad at him for being hurt. Like, when's Andrew McDonald going to come back? He could really help this team right now. We need warm bodies. <laughs> well, they they were all mad at him. It's like, he's playing hurt. Let's, like, he's bringing the team down. And he was, and that's a legitimate point. Um, and, yeah, he was the worst on the team while playing hurt. Uh, Christian Fallen. Um, hasn't been good. <laughs> um, but to go back to Provorov, I think he has enough talent. He has enough hockey sense that he's going to turn it around sooner rather than later. So once he's on the the good side of it, and Ghost has been okay. Uh, he's had some some strong moments and some weaker moments, but he hasn't been bad. Gudis has been great. Hegg has been a really pleasant surprise. Sanheim has been very good. So I, I think with a little okay. bit of luck, we turn it around. So the individual pieces seem to be, in your opinion, doing okay. So what one, why I guess why isn't it working? Is is Haxtell to blame for this? And when is he gonna start feeling the heat? If we had lost yesterday, the you know, on our uh, gas stove, the heat would have been at, you know, we've gone from low to one. Right now, I still think it's on low. Um, if this team continues to play as sloppy as they have been for the next, let's say, six games coming up, then I think the heat's going to be on high. It, there are, it's just bad decision-making. You know, people are pinching at the wrong times. People are... Uh, passing to no one they are sloppy in the back check it's what's a uh, what's a percent chance that we have a new coach uh i don't know by the all-star break uh, like 10 15 15 to okay. 20 i'd say just because it's a sizable number I don't know. I think there's a 5% chance of anything happening. So, you know, do, do you feel I, I like definitely... that Ron Hextall is the type that rather than look like there is any kind of chaos in the organization that he would ride uh, a guy like Hextall further than he probably should to give no. off the air of stability? No. Ron Hextall give off the air of stability? <laughs> I mean, he, I'm talking I about mean, Ron Hextall, the general manager, not the player, which is true. It, they are different animals, but he he's gone down there and you know flipped shit on players. You know he's he's been vocal. His press conferences are great because he tends to be pretty honest. Um, no, I I think uh, I I don't know if I touched on this point in the past, but I think 
that Hacksaw is here to play teacher as much as coach. And this is the first season I really think they're trying to win more than they're trying to teach. So I think that if Hacksaw loses the team, like if they're not responding to what he's doing, if it's a whole bunch of mediocrity, and especially if the sloppy play continues, I think he's gone. Well, I, no no one in the Metro is pulling away just yet. At least no one came out of the doors super hot. Well, Carolina did. But oh, I mean, they're four and three. Well, they they came out super hot, and then they well, they, yeah, okay. They, well, so they're they have nine points. We have eight. Yeah. Oh, the whole division. Um, yeah. yeah. The, Everyone's bunched. Yeah, they're all bunched together. The Rangers are at the bottom. Then I think the Islanders. Outside of that, it's everyone has eight or nine points. Yep. Yep. So no, okay. I, I'm not overly concerned. Um, it feels bleaker than it is. It does because of, the, I think, the scrambliness of the play. And that comes from having young players, too. You know, I love the youth movement. And a lot of people are quick to make fun of the veteran presence. But when, you know, when you are behind the play and it looks like no one knows what they're doing and they're just tr- chasing the puck, that comes from young players. And we do have more young players on this team. Uh, Vorobioff is currently in the press box. I think he'll be making his way back on the team soon. You know, but they go, well, why not bring up a Phil Myers? That's a that's another young defenseman. You know, Folan, like him or not, and most people don't like him. What is that move? Is that a patented, like, Dave Hackstall move? Like, go watch the game in the press box. It is. Um, and a, a lot of people portray it as punishment which I really don't think it's punishment. I don't think it's like, get your act together. Or you're not playing. I think it is. It's Hackstall's penalty box. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. uh, <laughs> Hackstall, who's in your penalty box this week? <laughs> it is Travis Sanheim as it is every week. Um, no, it's uh, the one thing he said after his second season, when we were all going nuts over the, the benching of ghosts, the benching of Konechny is that the reason they're scratched is A, to watch the game from the press box. Well, maybe that's B. B, watch the game from the press box. A, practice things that they can't do when they're playing a game. You know, practice time is pretty damn minimal in during the season. When you're a scratch, you can practice more. You can work on more specific things. And I've been pretty pleased with the growth of the young players. So... Honestly, if I had to make a prediction, Haxel's not here when this team, you know, makes a true run. But I think he's when the this Flyers team wins the cup, God willing, they're gonna go. Yeah, thanks, Dave Haxel, for all the help in in learning the position or whatever. Is it gonna be a Dave Haxel died for our sins situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, he, but but I'm not saying he's a. You know, a spotless victim. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of cranky the whole way through. So, uh, okay. Speaking of Sam Hinkie, let's talk about the, the, the Sixers, uh, this week. Here they come. So, I like, fuck the Celtics, right? Like, <laughs> god damn. Dude, seriously. And f- specifically, fuck Jason Tatum. 
Yeah, but like it's not his fault, right? It's not his fault we didn't pick him. No, it's not his fault, but fuck it's not that it's guy. not his fault we gave the Celtics a top five pick next season to 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 not take faults. Right, I guess I said that in the weirdest way possible, but <laughs> yeah, we also like not only do they have the what's looking like the best player out of that draft, they are getting another draft pick for the right to have already acquired the best player in a draft. Yeah, so I hate the Celtics. The most difficult basketball team to watch. Emotionally. By far. <laughs> the first game felt like we never stopped playing the Celtics. The NBA hates us, making us go to China and then come back and play in Boston. <laughs> it's... It was like punishment. The NBA sends us to China. It felt like punishment having to having to open that way. Let's put the Sixers on national television after they've had he had the globe trot in the like literal sense of the word. And well, then we'll put them against their clearly, nemesis. Yeah, it's we're clearly still paying. The NBA makes us fire a general manager who's doing a great job to put in friggin' Colangelo to f it all up. Find another take, Dave. Oh my god. <laughs> there is no other take. It's just the truth take. But anyway, look, we have what we have now, so let's just deal with it. So hate the Celtics. I hate the whole situation we're in with Fultz and Tatum, and it's just really frustrating. Of course we get destroyed in that game. So I mean, do you think it's gonna are you hoping that it's gonna be this situation where Toronto beats Boston, we beat Toronto, kind of one of those sort of shifting weather you yeah, know, I would love us... it to be that situation, but it's not going to be. Do you think that Toronto is the best team in the Eastern Conference? No, I believe that the Celtics are. I think the Celtics might w- win the championship this year. Really? Like, if... yeah. But I don't know. That was just from I didn't watch. I didn't watch them play the Raptors or the Knicks. But I watched the Raptors game, and it, it Toronto hung right in. Like they were right there, and they won the game. You know what I mean? Like that. They were able to do things that I feel like the Sixers were not able to do to that team. They were able to, to, to keep them way more at bay um, than the Sixers seemed to. Well, be able everybody. To do. I mean, the, the, when the Celtics play us, they shoot like crazy, I, and we can't hit away. the broadside of a barn. It's I don't know if I don't know if it's back to that whole thing where we're, we press against them. Um, or what it is, but it's very frustrating. And the one thing I will say about, I mean, there's not a lot left to say about that Celtics game. Other, you know, it's just, it's terrible. It was what it was. Um, the whole stuff with Embiid and uh, Jalen Brown, you did not dunk on Embiid. You right. actually got blocked. Right. And I don't know, miracles of physics. Uh, got that, got that in. And Jason Tatum, you, you, I don't know. You didn't call backboard. And so you don't need to be staring people down. I I I don't know how much you want to poke Embiid. No, I like, don't I think get you that, I get that Embiid him. talks a lot of crap, and you want to give it back. But I don't know. I wouldn't want that dude angry at me. Don't you feel like Embiid does feel like way stronger this year? Having watched him the, his first couple seasons, you were always kind of like nervous every time he took any kind of a a fall or a, or got bodied up against. You're like just just. Just yeah, I'm don't, past that now. Don't hurt yourself. But I was uh, watching the the game 
you know, this whole every game this season, there's been a moment where he goes flying in some direction, God knows where, limbs going everywhere, and I'm just like, nah, he's fine. You know what I mean? Like that that whole he's fragile yeah. thing seems to be out the window. He just physically seems way more sturdy this season. But after that Celtics game and the, then the the home opener with the Bulls and then Saturday's game against the Magic, uh, both the Bulls and the Magic came out like shooting the lights out in the first quarter. And this is something that's actually going to give me some concern now about our our first quarter performance and particularly the way we start games. And I don't know if it's like this weird juju with faults starting and the team's kind of reaction to that. They were on pace uh, for like 160 apiece in the Bulls game. They put up 40 points apiece like in the first quarter. They put up like 80 points in the first quarter of that game. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I mean, whatever. We ran away from crazy. that. Bulls are terrible anyway. Um, but when you start playing really good teams, uh, you can't give up. Like, you can't win the game in the first quarter, but you probably could lose it. Yeah, you can't be down 15 or 20 points coming out of the first quarter. Um, so, Ben Simmons had a triple-double in the game against the Bulls. Um, do we care about that? We do we care, care about a triple-double where you have, like, 11 points? I, I only care about it in the sense that he's he's got the potential to average a triple-double, which, to me, I feel like, in Ben Simmons' case, the points are the least important stat in his triple doubles because he's the guy that's going to give you like 15 or 16 um, assists and another 12 or 13 rebounds as a guard, um, which is the thing that impresses me and he'll tack on another 10 points, you know? So that's, that's the things that I I think are, are good about Ben Simmons is that he's one of the few players that I watch for the, the other parts of the line. Um, and he does something, and I've said this before, he does something every night that I feel like I've never seen before. Uh, and yeah. we still don't have a report whether or not his back is going well, to keep him out. Well, that's what I was going to say. He left the first quarter of the, after the first quarter of the And never, like, didn't even come back to the bench or anything, like, was just gone. Yeah, but he no, came out so... and started that game in pain. Oh, he did? They said that? Well, you could kind of see it. He came in the first couple minutes, and he had he had to, like, stop, and you could see him trying to stretch, and... He didn't have that same hop. He didn't have that same aggressiveness that you see with him where he, you know, he just he just wasn't himself. So uh, I wasn't surprised that he ended up coming out of that game because uh, he didn't take a shot or anything to knock him out. He just he just kind of went off. Well, we have the uh, we have the Pistons, Bucks and Hornets this week. And those are uh, teams that I'll say it's important for us to beat uh, for seeding purposes at the end of the year because i think all three of them may be playoff teams i'm not so sure about the hornets but i know the pistons and the bucks will probably be in the playoffs i definitely year. think the bucks are a good team and the bucks are like a five or a six seed they're going to be right at, right in the middle yeah yeah okay uh the mark Faults, jj reddick jj situation. looked awesome yesterday he Dude, well him he and looked and like he... we're just like hop on right yeah we will <laughs> we will take you we'll take you to Good time, fun place. I have no idea. They they <laughs> take you to W Town. Take you to W Town. Thank you. Jeez. No, I like good time, fun place. <laughs> good time, fun place. That sounds, that sounds like, like a... a bad translation from like a foreign film. <laughs> yeah. JJ gets in trouble with his translations already. Oh lord. But yeah, no. JJ looked really good. Uh, and honestly, Markel Fultz having more time at the point. The the thing is, if Markel Fultz was a second round pick. 
you're loving what you're getting from him. You're in love with the guy. The problem is Markel Fultz is the number one pick in the draft. So that you traded a future one to get. Yeah. So So he needs to be like a double first round pick. He needs to look like an all-star. He needs to look like he needs to, I mean, honestly, he's got to look like, you know, he's got his act together and, he did seem to have a little bit more command of things when he was running the point yesterday. Um, he seemed like he, he was able to get people involved well. Uh, he was able to kind of create his own shot a little bit. But he just doesn't have that that aggressiveness, that instinct that you see with that you see with Ben Simmons. You know, you can compare the two of them. They're very close in age. They're both high draft picks. And Ben just has got this generational thing now, and neither one, you know. And Ben doesn't have a jump shot. He is does not have that part of his game, but he does so many other things so well that you almost forgive that he's got this big hole. Um, but Markel, he just and I, I'm rooting for Markel Fultz. Like obviously, I want him to be this third piece. I want him to find. So do you like him starting? I think over JJ. I think that. It's what we need to do now to try and get some. It, it's not. I mean, it doesn't it, seem to be hurting us at the moment. It's uh, it's symbolic only. It's and I they mean, don't start him in the second half, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. JJ usually starts the second half, and JJ I think is logging more minutes. All right, last point on basketball, real quick. Uh, how bad again did the NBA screw us by declaring? Don't expect uh, high school players to declare for the draft until. 2022 yeah because that's what made that 2021 pick from the suns so valuable right was that it was going to be a uber deep draft right because everyone thought that high school players were going to be able to declare for that one and now they they intentionally made it the year after and aren't they forcing them into this some sort of ridiculous g league wasn't that what they call it now they keep changing the name of that it was the the g league now and you're like nba light you're going to be able to skip college and go professional directly to the G League for, I think it's a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar contract. Right, right. Uh, but you can't declare year, for which... the draft, so we can go down and see the uh, Delaware Eighty Sevens. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, actually, no, no, they no. Changed the name. They're the, bl- the they're the blue coats. Blue coats, yeah. Blue coats. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Which is also a very great uh, gin. Blue coat gin. Oh distilled in the fine city of philadelphia well i'll check out the gin and the basketball team yes <laughs> or just drink the gin while you're watching the basketball team. the funny great, thing huh? is that the 87 ers had done a really good job of branding themselves and then have done a very poor job of like transitioning people over to the blue coats so if you were a uh if you were a uh, uh nba prodigy if you were a basketball prodigy leaving high school would you what would you rather do would you rather go to college or would you declare for the g league I feel like for 125 grand. I mean, I feel like you still the long game. If you're looking at the big picture, you're going to have way more exposure if you go to a big main college campus and play in the, you know, in the March Madness, you know, and get really into the whole. I feel like that's your best best path. I feel like if you go get mired in the G League, yeah, you're going to get $125,000. But who's going to see you down there? Well, I and I I'm inclined to agree, Gene, but I think it's it, it has to be it just takes like one crop of like 
kids coming out of high school. Uh, you know, a, a draft class of maybe five good prospects, and they say we're all going to the G League because we all want to get paid, and then all of a sudden the G League is legitimate. I, I would go G League. I mean, this, what is this this charade that is college? Now, I mean, is it like a charade? Even if you don't play sports, is it like one? <laughs> is it like one one hundred twenty five thousand dollars contract per team, or is it like you go to the G League and everybody gets one hundred twenty five thousand? I don't know. I don't know because like, did the G League actually have that kind of money to be playing? You know, paying twelve guys one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. I don't know how it works. I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, you can't they're just all graduate. Affi- I guess they're all like, a- I'm playing in the G League this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I'm going to go declare. Yeah, I'd, I'd I mean, why not? <laughs> all right, Philadelphia G League team. <laughs> we will see you in Delaware. <laughs> I play some mean defense. Dave and I have played pickup basketball. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very small forward. <laughs> Uh, all right. Slowest guys ever. Um, <laughs> hey, we got a World Series matchup. Finally. Woo-hoo. The Boston Red Sox are going to play the Los Angeles Dodgers in right. baseball World Series time. And I feel like fun place. I, f- I feel like that was the matchup that baseball was salivating over. If you if you're who is the commissioner of baseball right now? It's not Bud Selig, Selig, whatever. Um, Adam Silver. <laughs> That's the NBA commissioner. <laughs> Paul Tagliabue. <laughs> Insert commissioner name here. Um, yeah. The, I feel like if you're the commissioner, you were sitting in and waiting. Like you want the 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 two big markets. You want the Dodgers and you want Boston. It's Rob That's, Manfred. <laughs> Rob Manfred. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. But anyway, that's the matchup you wanted. That you wanted to. That's your. That's your. Uh, that's the, the the matchup that's got all the sex appeal, right? If you can't have the the Yankees and the Red Sox play in the World Series against each other, this is the next best thing. I guess, um, but see, the problem is there's this scumbag named uh, Manny Machado who plays for the Dodgers that I just really don't want to watch play baseball anymore. I'm over this guy. Yeah, me too, which you know guarantees that he's a Philly next year. <laughs> all right, so here's – this is the thing that – all right, so let's recap what happened this week. So uh, he failed to leg out a ground ball in, I think, the second inning. Um, when asked about it, he basically said, I'm not – I'm never going to be Johnny Hustle. He didn't say Charlie Hustle. He said Johnny Hustle, I think. And it's just not in his personality to do it, and that's not him. So, you know, you can do whatever you want with that attitude. I feel like and Gabe then, Kaplan's going to love this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets a lot of walks, so it's fucking great. Um, and then, in, what was it, the 10th inning? He yeah, it was late in the game. Stepped on the first baseman's ankle uh, after being thrown out at first, like clearly. He basically, like, kicked him in the, in the calf. Like, it, it was... Well, he drug his left foot, yeah, between like to the left side of the base as he was running through. It was, cl- I mean, you don't you don't normally run that way. No, he had to he had to change the way he was running in order to make sure that he hit the guy's leg. And then I was looking. And it's up- not like you hurt the guy or anything. You just did it just to be a douche. Well, I mean, you're wearing spikes. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not gonna. I know he didn't stomp down, but yeah. whatever. It's just like why, why. Why? Why do that? 
But then I looked, you know, I sent that uh, link of some other dirty plays that he's had in his career. And did you see how he spiked Pedroia? Yeah. Like, that was nasty, man. That was gross. Yeah. That was really nasty. And then uh, another game where they threw, maybe it was the same game, where they threw at him because of it, and he just, like, chucked the bat at the third baseman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just what is with this guy? I and then we to... got the Phillies uh, management already came out and said, we're not getting two big names. Oh, so we're only going to get one. Yeah. So for me, I'm all in for Harper. Yeah, I, I was in for Harper before, but. Bryce yeah. Harper's personality doesn't rub you the wrong way at all. Do you think that it's just because he's been a national? You don't the... like it because he doesn't play for us. Yeah, no, admittedly, I'm just trying to say it's it's been hard to separate because, I mean, basically the guy came out of high school with that attitude and went right to the Nationals, who I hate. So, yeah, clearly I'm not going to, like, warm up to the guy. But, you know, maybe I would if he was But I want to bring this back to Machado for a second. The – all right. Here's the typical, like, the the historical reaction of the Philadelphia fan base is – you know, you don't hustle. You're dead to us. Like we don't, we don't want that on our team. Like uh, you don't bring the, uh, you're not blue collar enough. You don't bring the lunch pail. Uh, you're not the first one at the park every day. Like we're not interested. This right? is the team but, that won over Jim Tomey by taking him to like a labor union. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a reverse reaction going on where now, um, you know, all the hipsters and the stat heads have all come together and said, now the reaction is going to be, I know the Philadelphia reaction to this is going to be, you know, we don't want this guy, but whatever stats on this team, like what, don't worry about that. He doesn't run out plays or, or, or whatever it is. So I feel like it's been like a, a, an over, an overcorrection now the other way. And people are just kind of like, Oh, whatever about this character. Trait. That playing the game hard. Doesn't matter that a guy like Chase Utley doesn't actually yeah. help you win baseball games. Right. Yeah, what are your thoughts Utley, on that? Who may go down as the most popular Philly of all time. Just look around at any third grade classroom and see how many boys in that class, and probably a couple of girls are named Chase. That'll tell you yeah. how popular that guy is. I well, can tell you there are, like, there are no less than seven dogs that live in this neighborhood that are named Chase. <laughs> are they named Chase and not Jimmy because Jimmy doesn't run out uh, ground balls as hard. yes i think you're right there i i think you're right there i have two uh relatives um one nephew and one um first cousin once removed named chase and cole no jimmies none at all i i like your theory there but um about machado and you know, is the hipster take of, oh, you know, passion doesn't count, grit doesn't count, heart doesn't count, it's only the stats. Yeah, I think there's going to be a push for that. And I hate it because they're real human beings. You know, the people who play next to them care. When you have somebody busting their ass, you know, to run out, you know, and out, you know, to run to first base, run out a grounder, and they get thrown out, and there's Machado going, yeah, it's, I'm not going to do it. Then I'll never understand it. I will never understand it. What else do you have to do? <laughs> right. 
Like, how you just run to the base as fast as you can, and then you can go sit down for twenty minutes. Like, what? What are you trying to conserve energy? I just don't understand why you don't just friggin' run to the base as hard as you can every time you hit a ball. Every other sport requires so much more exertion for longer periods of time than baseball. Yes, I get it. Like on the basketball court, you're not running full tilt the entire time. You would die. Like obviously hockey, you got to take shifts. Like I get it. But what else do you have to do? And after that's over, you're either going to be sitting or just standing for a very long time. And baseball players are paid the best of all of the four major sports. Oh, yeah. uh, It's beyond me. I think if you don't do that, there's 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 a mental like deficiency in your brain like telling you that you don't have to I, I don't understand it it's just beyond me dave were you the one that like brought up bobby abreu when talking about machado i think i did yeah like did. and well if you didn't it was a smart point and we're going to attribute it to you but <laughs> like just that difference why you know bobby abreu great player why wasn't he around for the phillies championship team because he wasn't a championship player he could have he, he could have you know ridden the coattails of other people. He went there. He did his job. He went home. You know, well, Manny Machado's on a championship team, playing in a World Series. So, what's the predictions? All right, I, I we'll just do it this way: Red Sox in how many? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say six. Just eh, yeah, because six is fun, and there's you know West Coast travel. So let, let's say six. I'll go four. I think they're just going to sweep them. I've got socks in five. I think that there's, I feel like uh, Kershaw gets one. Uh, if you could have any free agent, Machado, Harper, or Kershaw. Kershaw's a free agent? Well, I think he's going to opt out. Oh. Let me just double check, but I think he's going to opt out. For the purpose of this exercise, let's pretend that he's definitely going to be a free agent. Uh, then, oh, God, that's hard. Machado's already out for me. I I would say uh, I'd say Harper just because he plays more often, just because he's an everyday player. I'd say Harper over Kershaw only for that reason. Yeah, he can opt out for free agency, so he, I think he's going to do that. Yeah, he probably should. So who did you say, Chuck? I'm sorry. Uh, I said Harper, just because Harper. yeah, I mean, you know, being a position player, he plays every day. Yeah, but I mean, it would be really nice to have Clayton Kershaw, though. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's yeah, it's a very hard choice to make. That's why it was a good question. Hopefully, for entertaining radio. I just think we need that juice at the stadium every day. Exactly. Would you get a Bryce Harper jersey, Gene? Would I get a Bryce Harper jersey? Yeah. I'll say right now, right here, right now, if we sign Bryce Harper, I will get one of those shirtsies, you know? Okay. And then if <laughs> if we make the playoffs and he is on the team, I will get, not only will I get a jersey, I will get, like, the home pinstripe Bryce Harper authentic jersey if we make the playoff with him on the team. Ooh. Okay. That- and I prefer, as you guys well know, to wear the gray. But yeah, you like get- the road. <laughs> yeah, the I road like the- I <laughs> my two jerseys are my my Chase Utley that's my road gray and then I've got a uh, a powder blue. We didn't do much fashion talk on this episode. No, so I have to throw we it have in. To catch up, yeah. 
I forgot we want to talk about Markel Fultz wearing the t-shirt underneath the jersey. <laughs> That's right. Talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you're a guy, like if you're us and you have an NBA jersey, you have to wear a t-shirt underneath. It's weird. Because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you're just weird, yeah. But but an NBA player, it's weird when you do wear the t-shirt right. under the jersey. Because then you look like you're in high school. <laughs> or you have like confidence issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know that that's the case, but but we do have some evidence that Markel Fultz might be a little bit unsure. But maybe it's just maybe it looks like a T-shirt, but it's just all kinesio tape, <laughs> all wrapped around like it's a just layers and layers of tape. You're like a mummy. I'll hold the tape roll, and you just <laughs> just spin, just twirl. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't have I don't have my sound effects. So you didn't you didn't tell you didn't tell us where which free agent you wanted. I think Chuck and I are both all in on Harper. Oh yeah, I want Harper. Yeah, it would be so badass to have Bryce Harper and then just hear him get like booed or whatever every time we go to Washington. Or do you think they would be like babies about it and like cheer him every time? One <laughs> <laughs> of the. <sighs> I, I I was gonna start my my penalty box a, a step early, but I've been salivating about it. It's baseball related. Hey, well let's just let's just cut right to it and and go to Chuck's penalty box. Oh, you have it. Chuck's got the sound effect. I have it. Oh, they I did have it. I was trying to pull that up. Oh, that... <laughs> All right. <laughs> so. Gene, who is in your penalty box? In my penalty box, it's people that call sports radio and want us to get Mike Trout. There is nothing more stupid than people that call up sports radio stations with, hey, Mike, first time, long time, so uh, why don't we trade this guy, this guy, this guy, a bag of balls, and we get Mike Trout. Why don't we just do that? We'll just get Mike Trout. There is no reason for Mike Trout to get traded to this team. Mike Trout is not going to be a free agent. He, he's not he's going to be a los angeles angel probably for life there's no reason for him yeah he is an eagle season ticket holder so are like ninety thousand other people you know what i mean like <laughs> that's not a reason for you to come and play for the phillies i would love mike trout to come play for this team too you can't call up and say let's trade this guy this guy this guy and uh we'll get mike trout. because you sound like a buffoon you know nothing about how trading in professional sports works. There is no re- there is no combination of players on the Phillies that would get you Mike Trout. It's just not ever going to happen. Is that Sorry the quick hook? I, I, I think Chuck just gave me the quick hook. It's like being an award show. <laughs> it's a YouTube video. <laughs> so, all right. Hey. Two minute, <laughs> two minute minor for unrealistic trade calls to WIP. Two minute minor. All right, Dave. One second. Something might happen. Tweet, tweet. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> my phone upstairs. This is terrible. Uh, all right, so in my penalty box, I am putting Michael Bennett's shoulder pads in the <laughs> penalty box. What are these things? They're like uh, like if you went and bought a a, 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 foop- a doll that played football and took its shoulder pads <laughs> and put it on a gigantic human's shoulders. 
or if you went to a uh, I don't know like a, the women's section in the 1980s and took the shoulder pads out of a suit uh, and, and put them on a gigantic man's shoulder. I don't understand what's the purpose of them. They look just like little little flaps up there that are so tiny and they're not protecting any shoulders. He's required to wear like shoulder eight- pads, I guess. They're protecting like an eighth of each shoulder. I don't. What is the point? Is it so no one can grab? He just him? doesn't like shoulder pads. He just doesn't want to wear. He would not wear them at all if he could. He's required to wear them by like the rules of the game. So he got kickers. They're they're pads that you put on kickers. The thing that irritates me even more than that, not to pile on, but if I have to listen to another hokey announcer talk about the fact that he's wore them to a bunch of Pro Bowls, yeah, I know. I've heard that every stupid week about his stupid pro bowl appearance with lame pads stop find another take that he wears kicker shoulder pads because they make him focus on his technique i don't know to me they just look really odd and they look like a little baby little baby shoulder pads out there but i didn't realize kickers were wearing little baby shoulder pads anyway it's just huge so there you go michael bennett's shoulder pads in the penalty box Okay, Michael Bennett's shoulder pads. Two minutes for impersonating Grace Jones. All right. <laughs> and in my penalty box this week, um, it's going to be the Flyers merchandising team because we all love Gritty. Gritty's amazing. There's plenty of Gritty demand out there, and there are so few Gritty products. There's only T-shirts. And the reason I bring this up is because my son's Flyers pillow pet is like on its last legs this thing is a bear because they had no mascot the pillow is flat as can be it's the only thing he'll sleep with and we need to replace it and like hell we're going to replace it until there's a gritty pillow pet so this is actively affecting my child's sleep it's actively affecting happiness in our household this is like holding back you know the entire ciders clan I hear so, you, man. How how great would a gritty Halloween costume be? Oh yeah, they, uh, they, they got to make it yourself. Out. Yeah, and you, you make it yourself by buying an Elmo Halloween costume, painting it, painting it slightly <laughs> orange, and like just getting orange fur. Like that's how you do it. <laughs> Party City has um, orange wigs. You can easily convert those. I I have been researching this, <laughs> but I want that damn gritty pillow pet. I'm not about to buy another bear. So a two-minute minor. Minor's all around today for um, not keeping up with demand. Two-minute minor for not keeping up with demand. Perfect. Well, everyone, thanks for uh, thanks for downloading. Please, uh, if you get a chance, give us a review. We're happy to uh, to read it on the next show. It really helps people find uh, find the podcast and, and spread the Potadelphia gospel all over. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Happy birthday to the Whip Around podcast. So if you uh, if you get a chance, give the Whip Around a listen because that's a fun time for all your weird and strange news. And there we have a little, uh, we'll hear a little Potadelphia uh, uh, guest spot on this next episode. So we had fun recording that. Oh, and, and next week we'll be joining you after the London game where we had some tea and crippets with JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Chip, chip, cheerio. (laughs) Have a great day at work, everybody.